Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Gate 7 International Podcast. I'm Costa. I'm joined by Marshall. It's a good evening, good night for Olympiacos tonight as we qualify to the Europa League group stage following a 3-0 win against FK Chukaritsky in Serbia, although the stadium itself seemed more like we were playing at a mini Karajskaki. Marshall, how are you feeling after the win tonight? I feel strangely, strangely nice because I don't remember the last time we won 3-0 in Europe. Don't recall doing an episode after a 3-0 win in Europe. So it's going to be weird, but I can't. I was saying to myself, like, I did not stress a, a single minute over that tie, even the first game, because I knew we had the quality to win this, like, easily, if I can say that. And the players and the coach uh, did exactly what I was ex expecting. So I'm, I'm more than happy. Like, the qualification, of course, was the objective. But the way we did it is uh, three wins out of four European games, uh, not a loss. And I think it's two, nil, two, two goals conceded, if I'm correct. So it's a very good summer and uh, an even better summer, given the fact that uh, we are coming back from hell. So <laughs> it's the night we have to appreciate because we don't know what the future will be. But at least tonight, I allow myself to be happy about the, the club, the, the way we play, the results, the players, the coach. So that's, um, like you said, three wins and one draw in four games in Europe. It's nothing but uh, nothing but wins in, in Greece as well. We started with two wins in the Greek League and it's eight goals. Uh, eight goals we've scored and two goals we've conceded uh, throughout this summer. Uh, undefeated, like we said, and uh, we knew that we were going to need a bit of luck I think this summer as well. Uh, I personally think turning point this summer was the red card that Pencil got in Genk. Um, we'll never know what would have happened because the game was at 1-1, of course, uh, at that point on aggregates and there was time left on the clock. But I think that was really a key moment this summer for uh, for the club. Certainly, you know, you said that today's game, you didn't you didn't drop a sweat um nor did i but certainly that genk game uh that we played away i think that's yeah. one of the most nerve-wracking games that i've watched for a very long time because we just knew what was riding on on that game uh exactly. how it, how it affects confidence how it affects building the team up uh, you know the mood in the camp uh transfers ins and outs so yeah you know, and also yeah Go for also, it. I knew because uh, the draw was super difficult against Adana, and Adana is dragging Genk to uh, extra time. So it would have been two games like we had against Kukariki. Uh, it was a, it would have been another difficult draw after a super good, super difficult one. So as soon as we won that tie in Genk, I knew the summer was like saved because we had. Europe secured, and we had the, this this tie that has to be the easiest tie we had since probably I don't know even Omonia on the, uh, the, the 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 last round of Champions League was tougher than that. So yeah, I, I wonder if we had a 
an opponent that looks so like just less better by far than the team we have just, right now. Just beatable. They were beatable. I mean, they had one shot on target, and I think their first shot on target was in the 66th minute, and it was a flimsy shot, and that's all they did. Yeah. And, you know, I think we were all a little bit more or less pissed off that we conceded a goal at the Karaiskaki in, in stoppage time. And I am happy that we kept a clean sheet today. I thought that was important. Perosa got some more minutes on the clock as well. Uh, but we can get into more uh, more of the game and, and analyse what we can from a 3-0 victory. But before we do that, guys, as usual, um, big shout out to all of you fans all over the world that are tuning in right now. Don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. There's lots of content developed, uh, created this summer. Uh, Ari's been busy with deep dives, scout reports, and that's a reminder that the transfer deadline is is looming as well for at least most of the European markets. So in about 15 minutes, the window is going to slam shut um, for 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 a few places in in Europe. Just to clarify, until the 15th of September, but we need to sign. If we, we we need to conclude our business before mm. the 4th of September, which is the deadline for the Europa League uh, UEFA registration. So any business that we do, if we want these new players to play in the group stages of the Europa League, they need to come in and they need to be signed before the 4th of September. So we are uh, we are keeping an eye on on things and we'll talk about transfers as well. I see comments being fired off already about... So back in about BL potentially uh, going, we'll we'll get into to more of that as well. Keep it locked to Gate Seven International. It's going to be an exciting season ahead. The other teams uh, in Greece, of course, either main, maintaining their their cause, uh, making some additions. I think that you know it's been quite a quiet one for Balk. They've, uh, nobody's really been paying attention to Balk during the off season. And, um, you know, I, I see them a little bit as a, as a dark horse like Ajax uh, last year, but, but we'll see. Uh, I just hope, you know, my wish is that we, we talk about football in the season to come and uh, that we don't talk about referees more about focusing on football than focusing on what's going on off the pitch. So keep it locked here uh, to Gate 7 International uh, by the fans, for the fans. If you'd like to support us, you can uh, leave a donation on YouTube, but we would encourage you to head over to our Patreon page. Uh, you can get access to more content there, our WhatsApp group, um, more stuff there. Yeah. Check it out at patreon.com slash Gate7INTL. The link's at the bottom there on, on the screen as well for those of you that want to go and check it out. So, um, what can we focus on from from today's game? So, the, the lineup we saw uh, the, pretty much the same as as last week, um, except for the fullbacks because Kinney was suspended this time. Uh, Versailles came in after a, a good game against Atromitos, and I was rather surprised to see actually that Rodine started out on the left. Um, knowing what he can do and you know what that extra dimension that he gives us on the pitch whenever he plays. But I thought Vrusai had a really, really good game today. Um, what did you think, Marshall? 
No, no, I do, I do agree because uh, is very his technique is good. We we all know that that Brusai has a good technique. We all remember what he did before that that knee injury against Aris that basically killed off his dynamic. I would say under Martins, uh, but. Uh, when he's the, the the fullback, either on the left or the right side, against against a smaller opponent, he is uh, more interesting for the team than Andruzzo is because <clears throat> he knows how to attack, he knows how to cross like good crosses, at least in the the, the good area. Uh, he knows how to dribble too. He's quite fast too, so he has all what it takes to be an offensive fullback for Olympiakos with the possession, with a good midfielder to. Uh, to pass the ball, and he do fits more this role uh, when we need a offensive fullback. Uh, even against Lamia, for example, if you had to play against teams like that, I wouldn't risk it against bigger team because you don't know if he can defend properly. I'm sure he can't. He can't be as smart as Kini is in defense. So, yeah, but it's it's always. Use, uh, useful to have players like that because he's made at the academy. We need us also players like that for the UFL list. And we need like basically multi-tool. Vrusai uh, for me is exactly uh, the kind of player Olympiakos did not use enough recently because basically the logic at the club was like we need a right back, a fullback, a winger. And we end up we end up with Ramon, with uh, Bitici, and we, we we end up with one average player by position. And if you need someone to play like fifteen games, cup games, small team games, it rather be Vruzai than a newcomer, in my opinion. Of course, he has defaults, he has limits. We all know them, but I mean, do we really need someone? better than Vrusai in a game like that against Kukariki when you see the quality of the team in general compared to the opponent? I don't think so. You don't need like 1.5 uh, million signing to play those those games. In my opinion too. Yeah, no, you raise a lot of good points there and um, this is a player today that's involved in, in at least two of the goals. The first one, I think he he plays the forward pass into Biel. He cuts in on the left and then Masuras stops it with the left and shoots with the right onto the post and it goes in. And then uh, the, the second goal, it's it's very similar. He has the ball down the right-hand side. He plays the forward pass into Biel. Biel turns on the left and then he he scores the goal. So he's, he's involved in both the first two goals. He could have got himself on the score sheet, I thought, at least once. He got himself into the box twice. Uh, once he snatched at it and it's flown over the bar, the other one with his left foot straight into the keeper. That that all, that disappointed me a little bit, knowing that this is a player that played as a forward uh, when he was breaking into the first team from the academy before he he had that ACL injury. So uh, I, I just I thought thought to myself, you know, for God's sake, have you? He's he's been playing so so far back that he's forgotten how to shoot. But but maybe it is just a confidence thing, a match fitness thing. I, I agree with you in a sense that this is a player that really can can be of value in these types of games. Um, I do I do recall that actually when we played Manchester City at Garayskaki, uh, he played right back if I remember well yeah. under Mar- under Martins, 
and he had a pretty good game uh, at right back against City. We lost that game 1-0 uh, under suspicious circumstances, a foul that wasn't given in the midfield, for those of you that might remember that game, uh, that led to the goal. And then um, I think against Marseille as well, he he had some. He was given some time in that 1-0 win at Garay Skaki exactly. too. One of the best players in Velodrome, I remember. In that game as well, indeed. Yeah. So um, it's it's nice. It's nice to see when you know you get these these players making those kinds of performances that you you don't really expect them. Um, and and saying that um, there is a poll ongoing right now on our YouTube. If you're following us on YouTube, you can vote for your man of the match. We have four options there: Retos, uh, Biel, Brusai, and other. If you think it's somebody else, do write that in the comments. Uh, so far, about 60 of you have voted. Retos is th on 37%, BL 31%, Versailles 27%, and 5% of you have voted others. So that's that's pretty tight. Keep those votes coming in for those of you that are following live on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, get the hell over to YouTube and you can participate in that vote as well and i see the likes are going up slowly but steadily guys if you're if you're following live on youtube don't forget to hit the like button it really helps with the dissemination of the channel to get out to more fans around the world subscribe if you're new drop your comments in the chat we're going to go um straight into this <clears throat> first comment from from zach v who who's who's going for it he says Biel was gone, fellas. That's why we kept him in, especially if Sol Bakken comes. Question is, is it a risk to sell him? What if Sol Bakken doesn't come good? Um, says, says Zach, who apologizes. He can't express himself perfectly in English. It's perfectly fine, Zach. Um, I see a lot of people are raising this point tonight. I think we've even kind of had the chat a little bit amongst ourselves in our, in our group chat. Ah. Uh, there are too many people. That's my concern, Marshall. But of course, Solbakken hasn't signed yet. Let's be clear. Despodov hasn't signed. These are these are these are these are rumors, reports. If they don't sign, then then uh, let let let's we can only speculate right now. But but how do you see this situation? There are just, there are just too many, too many attackers in my book. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, first of all, I would like to, to answer a question about the French market. It closes tomorrow on September the 1st. Uh, and then for the, the attackers, yeah, I do agree. Uh, we probably would need, would need to get rid of Bar on loan. That's the first thing I would do. Uh, I would get rid also, uh, not, not get rid, but I'm expecting a sale for BL maybe. It's, not, it's not, not an information, but I see that coming, either Biel or Madi leaving, because we know how it works this summer. Like every, every player that got sold uh, was reinvested on good players too. So maybe it's the time. There is no good time to sell players. But with Cordon and the summer we just had, maybe it's time to, for example, like if Copenhagen comes back with an offer, uh, uh, for Biel, for example, then why not? Because you know that at this position in the club, we have already too many players. And the one also that needs to leave probably would be Carvalho. 
because I don't see him playing so so much. Obviously, I would rather see Carvalho leave compared to Biel. There's no comparison possible between those two players, but sometimes you have to cash on. Like Madi, for example, uh, Lyon wanted Guido Rodriguez from, from Betis. He said no. And also Milan said no for Krunic. That was the plan B. So I don't know. Madi, do you do you do we have the insurance Madi will be up to renewal during the season? My I would say no because we all know football. Uh, we all know football, and we all know that the players with uh, one one con one year contract left will not renew unless you offer him crazy money. He will play his option on the market at the end of the season. So I don't know. It's difficult to too many offensive players, as you said, because even Masuras, if he plays as a second striker, if you bring someone, then what happens? Who's who's the third striker? Become like El Arabi third striker? I don't know. Or fourth striker, maybe. Well, you know, there's you know two strikers on the on the podcast right now, and I'm going to bring in the the big guns. <laughs> How's it Ari, going, guys? Ari Bulubas is with us. What's happening, man? Uh, I am elated. I am so happy, so excited. And just when I thought that maybe my work was over, I may have to do a couple of scouting reports in one night. I don't get to sleep, it looks like. But it's good. These are good problems to have, and I'm very excited. Very pumped uh, what's going on. Getting a lot, I got a lot of DMs from people that wanted more explanation about the finances. So I am entertaining doing a full like forecast of the club's finances over the course of the last five years uh, to get maybe a little bit more specific with some estimates. But um, just for those, if any of those people are in the comment section now, that is something I'm thinking about working on. Ali. So we were just talking about um, ins and outs being deadline day, of course. Um, Biel was one of the first names that's being mentioned tonight with all the rumors about Solbakken, potentially Despodov as well. But the, the conversation quickly kind of turned to, to Madi because there's a big question mark there, isn't it? Like, what do you do with that? So let, let, let's get things straight. His contract ends next summer. Most of us know that already. It's a bit of a catch-22 here, right? Because you don't, on the one hand, you don't want to lose him because he gives you something that nobody else in the roster, to me at least, nobody else in the roster can offer you what he does. Um, I really like Hesse. I really like what I've seen from him in the, the two 90-minute games that he's played against Atromidos and today against... Um, against Chukaritsky. I think in both games it took him a little bit of, a little bit of time to find his bearings on the pitch, but that's perfectly normal for a player that that's only just turned up to Greece is it even like a week ago, 10 days ago, he's still settling in. Uh I think it's you know what he's showing on the pitch is is admirable for a 21-22 year old that's never left his his home country before playing with that kind of ease and, and and confidence it's um a lot of people are saying this is one of the top four top five talents in in, in latin america that we've poached 
oh, yeah. this summer. Um, and I still think we've got a lot. He's got a lot more to offer, but the first two games are really nice. I, I love how he he presses the ball. He I think he made one misplaced pass today, and you saw him just run and try and fix his own mistake. He did that in the in the previous game as well. Um, at the Kaleskagi, he had that great shot. I think in the thirteenth minute that deflected and and hit the post, so nearly got his name on the score sheet. Can he replace Amadi Kamara? It's too early to tell, but yeah, but I think you know I think that we're going back to the days of w- when we had a very mobile midfield with Guillermo and Madi under Martins. That was a very mobile midfield we had with uh, with those two. Um, I think he has some Guillermo qualities. Like his distribution's pretty good, underrated even the amount of times he'll you know play balls in in between the lines. So, you know, I'm I'm praising Hesse now and I'm forgetting about Maddy, but but there really isn't somebody there that can that can replace Maddy. And I think you know, some people are saying Scarpa can play as an eight. I'm so far I'm just not convinced at all of that theory. For me, it's not happening. Um but do you keep him and, and risk him basically turning into the Maddy that that looked like he wasn't interested? the last season and a half before he went off to Roma. Because my, my feeling was always that Madi would um, play the games in the summer and wait for a transfer. He would play well in the qualifiers so that he can get noticed, drive up the price, and we would sell him and we'd bring somebody in. But it doesn't look like that's happening. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's it's risky. It's a risky thing with with Maddie. Do you renew his contract? Do you give him two million? Like, no, but the I don't first think part he of would. The strategy was done. Like, has uh, it, it's, you said, he played the whole summer. Was good. I think he's kind of back on some agendas. Uh, so yeah, there is no chance to to renew that. If yeah, you're honest objective. I agree with you, Marcel. I don't think there's any... I think he's playing to leave, or I think at least he was playing to leave. I, 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 don't, know what's, I don't know what's going to happen you know, with the transfer window shutting, but regarding uh, Jesse Costa, um, and I'll drop a little bit of a spoiler here, but Jesse isn't just one of the top prospects in South America. He is considered to be if not the top prospect in South America. I spoke to, I had a lovely conversation yesterday with the former president of Huracan. He was president of Huracan for 10 years. And spoiler alert, uh, Patreon uh, supporters, uh, there's a fun interview coming for you guys uh, with the former president of Huracan. It's just going to be something that we have to translate. But um, it's the, the way he spoke about this player <laughs> This guy has been a president of a club in Argentina for 10 years. He's still involved with the club. He's still invo- involved with the Argent- Argentinian football, Argentinian national team. They do. The, he also does stuff with the Pope for underprivileged kids in Argentina. And he said this is the best talent he has seen, that he has witnessed in his time at Huracan and his time in Argentina. So the guy is class. I told you. When I watched his deep dive, I got the same feeling I did with Wong. 
this kid will do great things for us. It's uh, he he's he's his touch, guys. His touch is so silky. Sure, he's not a playmaker, maybe like Madi is right now, but come on, you tell me you don't see that beautiful touch that he has. Costa, I know you saw it, Martial. I know you saw it. This kid has just a silky True. touch. It's silky. It's amazing. The first touch is the one that never uh, lies. I would say the the Juan game in Limassol was the one we all knew that it was going to be a good player, and it does not take that long to figure out that the guy has quality. But yeah, no, on Madi, I think it's uh, we have seen like recent. Uh, I don't know what to say that, but. Sometimes the, the good time is, is come for, for a sale. Because if he renews, basically, it means he's stuck there for at least another season. And then what? I, I don't know. You have to pay like three million a season and not even close to make him stay, I would say. Well, one thing's for sure. Let's hope it doesn't end up like Huang. Yeah, <laughs> because Juan. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. You're right. That's yeah. why you need to you need to sell some sometimes. Like we all love the guy, we all love the player, but it's to avoid also uh, possible uh, bad uh, events like probably a, a big injury. Uh, who knows? Imagine if he, imagine if he gets called back to the national team and goes to the African Cup of Nation. It's not the the kind of problem if I can say that we want to face would rather go with a, a newcomer at number six and then boom yeah well meanwhile there's been some some transfer developments um via Nico Scottis it's confirmed now that Olaso Bakken will be in Greece tomorrow Friday at 11 15 local time arriving mm. at Athens airport He's going to be going through his medical and he'll sign for the club. Unclear at this stage how, uh, what kind of deal we're talking about, whether it's a loan, whether it's a transfer loan with obligation to buy or loan with, with option. But Ola Solbakken, Norwegian international, will be flying into Greece tomorrow, arriving in the morning and signing with the club. So that's been, that's been confirmed by, by Gottis. Four minutes ago, um, breaking news, guys. That's confirmed. Now, whether uh, whether Despodov will be joining as well, still still waiting to see to see that. We are watching uh, the Twitter sphere where we've got our phones phones here as well. In case anything <clears throat> anything drops, we will let you know as long as we're here. As long as we're here live, I think this is a question for you, Ari. You're on mute, buddy. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Never From gets old. Nolan Lindner Fox. Um, Adi, how can we spend $20 million if we get Despedov and Solbakin compared to Ike and Bao, who finished higher and made UCL playoffs? They didn't uh, sell Rebchuk for $7.5 million. I was, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> so, uh, Nolan, I don't know if you saw the bit that I just did um, about our departures and our arrivals. But as it stands right now, we've um, we've sold about 15, a little over 15 million, given some of our estimates 
um, with the undisclosed fees, a little over 15 million in fees so far. We've also cut almost 10 million, even including the salaries we brought in, almost 10 million in wages were cut. So with regards to how that works for financial fair play, the money, the money that we've made plus our savings is basically like, uh, as we would say in American football terms, uh, a cap surplus of about 25 million. And remember, I explained when it comes to our expenditures, how we can depreciate these contracts over <laughs> the life of the contract. So these fees, right? So let's say Despadov, right? Five million, he's going to sign probably for a four-year a four-year contract, maybe three years. Let's say it's four years, right? Five million, we can divide that over four years and spread the hit of that transfer fee over those four years. This is the thing that Chelsea got in trouble for and uh, England re or sorry, UEFA redid the rules regarding player uh, contract depreciation because he signed everybody to an eight-year deal Todd Bowley spent however many hundreds of millions, but because he depreciated it over eight years, it didn't hit the books or the finances, as I should say, all in one year. And this is how clubs do it. The problem is that way of that way of doing it, that way of kind of making your your books done in installments or paying these fees in installments or doing it this way. It's a very short term thing. Because the reason we're in trouble this year was because of the deals we did the last two years, overpaying contracts, bringing in washed up players with extremely high contracts, with extremely high fees. And then we're paying for that now. When we don't have Champions League, when we don't have Europa League, it's more difficult. So we've had to cut. We've had to get very, very, very lean with this. Um, and that's why we're able to do this. We've made a lot of great sales. And in the end, Ike and Panathinaikos did not get Champions League. So despite the fact they both made it to the playoffs, the money that they got from that is it, they, they're getting some money, but the difference between what we're getting and what they're getting is not much. And they didn't sell Oleg Rebchuk for $6 million plus bonuses. So that's the difference. Ike had a chance to make that money. They could have sold Levi Garcia before he got injured. They didn't because they didn't want to pay the 40% or they wanted a certain amount guaranteed after the 40% that goes to, was it Betar Jerusalem? They're idiots. What can I say? I love Levi Garcia, but that's they could have made that money and they didn't. But that's why we're in the position that we're in, and it's because of brilliant business that's being done. Meanwhile, more, more news. Uh, well, not concrete, I'm afraid, but now Stavros Yorgakopoulos is coming out on the Twitter sphere. He says, So, back in, get Ekblixi. So, back in, end surprise. I hate it with this cryptic shit. Me too. I can't stand it anymore. This uh, dot, 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 bomb, soon, red, white. But like the basketball stuff this summer was just ridiculous. The whole hold stuff that was that was way too much. But um, there's got to be a centre forward coming in for Christ's sake. Has to be. It has, has to be to a centre forward coming up because as much as we love Youssef El Arabi, um, the, the the club's never going to. I mean, that, it, it, it's over. Like surely, I mean, 
the guy hasn't he doesn't have the the pace anymore he tries to he tries to do everything with his technique and uh, <coughs> it's 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 kind of hard to watch to be to be honest i i feel i feel like uh, we're going to have a player like Youssef Alalabi either playing on you know sit sorry sitting on the bench or you know at worst in the stands earning 2 million and the club's never going to you know the club has to live with that with the choice that was made the decision that was made last summer but he can't like if if El Kabi gets injured uh, yeah in Europe in Europe we're screwed Oh yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know really what will be the use of Yusef if we get a striker. That I'm pretty sure we will get one because there is a lot of games to be played, and uh, also we see Martinez. He kind of uh, does. He, he kind of changed the lineup too. So let's see. Even Iborra is not playing back to back games. I was expecting Iborra to play more and like he has there is no status maybe in this team that's why it's working nicely for the moment i never expected ibora beyond like the i don't want to call it the preseason but the summer games <clears throat> i never expected him to be a key figure to be honest with you outside of qualifications i think the reason maybe that he's not playing as <clears throat> much could be because hesse seems to be settling pretty nicely but also at the same time like let's also look at the competition that we've played against you know kukarichka is not exactly the the best the best of competition we'll play against and likewise with panseraikos and uh atromidos so like these guys are not top quality we'll see i think what the more conservative cards are from diego martinez when we play against ike um in a in a couple of weeks so that'll probably be like a real determination of who he trusts uh, in a much more difficult situation. But True. Um, we'll see. But I think I think I don't think anybody expected us to not just bring in uh, a younger kind of like defensive mid like as at the time and then also have him kind of look like he's fitting in pretty quickly. So that's uh, that's uh, a nice little surprise. And hopefully that kind of advances that project maybe a little bit faster. Um, yeah. Could it be Dennis on the load? <laughs> don't, don't even start me with the Dennis Please guy, no. Please. Please no. But if it's a surprise, then it's somebody that we've never heard of. Um, but what we, what we can speculate is that, yes, the surprise is a centre-forward. Actually... Stavros just wrote that yes, it is a centre forward that he's talking about. Oh boy! So um, is it Bore? Is it Boyer? Rafamir, Jovic, Dennis, uh, Bores. Bores transfer to Valencia fell through, as far right. as I saw earlier today. So he's still locked up at, at Eintracht. He didn't make it to to Valencia. Boyer signed for Granada for seven million plus two million uh, additional. Rafa Mir still at Seville, and bo both Boré and Mir were both being looked at by Valencia, but Valencia's cheaper shit. They don't have any money. 
Um, Jovic was not listed in Fiorentina's UEFA list. So they're looking to get rid of him. And last I checked, Jovic is still with Fiorentina. Mm -hmm. And Emmanuel Dennis is somebody that was mentioned today, I think, in Protathletis. And I, I really can't see it. I've seen, I've seen that Nick Hempill is uh is following us live nick thanks for joining us mate um nick hempel uh forest and olibiagos fan i don't like emmanuel dennis i don't think has even played in the friendlies this summer for forest mm -hmm. I, I think that would be yeah. too much for me to handle and for a lot of fans i think just like even okay, we have played in. much than him yeah i think like we scored in the friendlies yeah yeah <laughs> No, I, I I can't see it. Even even if it even if I try to look at it from a stretch and say Emmanuel Dennis is a player that has a low center of gravity that 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 is quite fast, that like he can press the opposition, he might be able to play in a four uh, four two 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 formation, a little bit like what Masuras is doing right now. Um, but I I can't see it. I can't see it, and to be perfectly honest, I don't want to see it. <clears throat> Um, but of course, you know, we're all curious to see what it's going to be like, where, where the penny's going to drop on the striker. I think it, it has to be like, who else wants Jovic now inside, inside a, inside a good league, a better league than Greece, because he, he flops, he's, he's flopping in, in Italy. So basically if you flop in Italy, which has to be the less attractive top league in Europe, you don't get that much uh, escape to a, a better league unless you get the attention of Marseille that loves to take players in Italy. But Jovic, man, I think the clubs knows that he has to go back to a weaker league to, to have some goals, some confidence back and move on elsewhere later. I see it like that. Like you can you can stay like one season, have goals. Could be like Mitroglou when he came back from Fulham. <laughs> this comment, Lucky's got like a little bit of Labro syndrome, doesn't he? He's just like Yavu Jovic is Nali's dream player. Yeah, I, 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 I think. I think for Jovic coming to Olympiakos is a fantastic opportunity to do some stat padding. He'll probably yeah, exactly. score 15 to 20 goals in the Greek league and maybe get a few in Europe as well. It'd be good for his confidence. I mean, hang on. He's, he's what, 26 years old? Can somebody tell me how old Luka Jovic is? Because he's not, he's not old. Like 25. He's 25. I was going to say 26. But um, this is a player that... Is down, I guess. What, what? The website. Transfermarkt is down. I can't <laughs> go in. There you go. Why scout, baby? Don't need Transfermarkt. No, I didn't say the, 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 the French league is better. The, the big... The big Italian club are better. We saw uh, saw it last, uh, last year in Europe, but the the league itself in Italy is very difficult to watch, at least for me. 
all the stadium, all the clubs are broke. The stadium are they're horrible. We we are old. The, the they only sign with a loan plus options. Yeah, it, but that's the the clubs the clubs are doing well, but they're all they're all just broke. Italian football is broke. The French clubs are spending money. Also, we have youngsters. Builder. That's the main difference. Right. Every every French club fields young players, and that's make it more attractive for me. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah, but outside of PSG, I mean, you have clubs that are spending money. In Italy, it's funny. Like the clubs that are spending mm. more money are the mid-table and bottom-table clubs. Spent like Inter Milan is everything loan with buyout. Roma is similar. Loans, loans, buyout, buyout. You know what I mean? Like yeah, all, yeah. The top clubs in Italy, Juventus is is similar. Everybody's making loans. And at the end, they get Lukaku. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, Roma's got. They're gonna be God if we draw them. Imagine they they have Lukaku, Renato Sanchez. They just got uh, Paredes also. Man, Paredes six million was kind of player I would love to have seen in Olympiacos. Who's that? Is that the one that uh, was playing at? Uh, no, not Quadrado. Yeah. Ah, pa- ah, that Paredes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not a thing anyway. <sighs> what else? Do also, Jovic has to be the probably the the Ser- Serbian link that is obvious with Olympiakos. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, too easy to think like that. I would say it will probably adapt quicker than another player, probably Bore, for example. I don't know. It, but is that like? Let me ask you, how have Serbian players adapted to, uh, well, I mean, Serbian or those, you know, Balkan players adapted to Greece in our recent history? Like what's aside from Lazar, and we can even say that maybe like his wasn't the greatest, but he had good moments for us. Like what Serbian players have been able to feature outside of some of the drama, right? Like, you know, I I think of like Chumic and, and Markovic, you they've know all, what I mean? They've all flopped. Right. For different reasons. For di- Exactly. For different reasons. But like, I look at that and like, those are the recent ones, you know, like, then I think of like, well, okay, what's going to happen now? We bring in, you know, another Serbian player and like, is he going to flop too? He's, oh, I think it's hardly <laughs> comparable. The players, the players we're talking about are hardly comparable. Like Luka Jovic is pretty much. Also true. Story. Yes. It's it's pretty much an established name in European football, right? Um, I I mean, when I think of him, I, I of course think of his season at Eintracht, where they did they got to the final of the Europa League. I can't remember if they won. Uh, did did they win that? With Bore, yes. <clears throat> Not with Jovic. Not with Jovic, but um, this is an experienced player that we're talking about. Uh, I think that we mismanaged uh, Markovic in particular. Uh, but I think, uh, I think uh, you know, you, you raise a good point, Ari, in the sense that yeah, there is that affinity with with Serbian players, and this is a, I think he's a, a red star boy, as yeah. well. So the fans will take to him immediately. All it, all it takes is for him to score a go, a goal early on, break his duck, and then I think you know this is a player that will bang in a lot of goals. Yeah. For I don't know if this would be a loan deal with Fiorentina, what kind of option there would be, because 
his um his situation is a bit complicated. Real Madrid still own fifty percent of his rights, so it's not a um, it's not one that's that that's clear cut. I'm afraid. Also, someone just replied to me say could be like Bachuay maybe because he was linked with Forrest. Fucking oh god, let Forrest keep him. And it was it would be too good at least to believe that. Why would he leave <laughs> Turkey for Olympiacos? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Even though that's of the three kits that we have this year, Costa, <coughs> that the the white and blue one is is my favorite of the three so far. I like it too. But yeah, there's a, there's a comment here from Aris Galamati says, "Are you wearing an Argentinian jersey to enforce your points about Hesse?" It's like, no, it's not. An, it's not an Argentina jersey. There's there's some red. Can you see the red? There we go. Um, what else have we got? Oh, this is an interesting comment from Zach. Says, I feel like Costa represents the fanatics. Ari, the fanatics. Okay. Ari <laughs> represents the experts and Marshall represents the players. Or maybe I'm way too drunk. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Have another drink, Zach. More of that, mate. Enjoy it. I, you know what? It's the glasses. Costa. it's the glasses it makes me look like an expert i do some numbers here and there so it like <coughs> gives everybody the wrong impression that i'm smarter than i actually am but i love it i appreciate that don't talk what does that make lambro ask zach what it, what would lambro be then marcial's the players costa's the fanatics what what does that make uh what does that make lambro i would love to hear the uh what the comparison is what do fans think of that <laughs> Yorgos Murzano says Retsos will pocket Lukaku and Dybala, the real gladiator Retsos. Can you imagine, like, like, God, the, the conversation, like, this is the conversation we're having about Retsos now, right? I, this was unfathomable last season. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm just going to be the one that says this now, uh, but I, I need to go back to our podcast from last season and find when I said Retos with a proper preseason, I think he can come back. I swear to God. I swear. Yeah. I, I, think, I remember I think... you saying that. And I, I remember we had a discussion about that. Yeah. Like if he could ever be healthy for more than four games, like maybe we'd see something, but no one was ever confident that that would happen. And look at it. He I... looks awesome. He looks awesome. A clinic today on like, when we talk about a ball playing center back, like that's what we're talking about. When was the last center back you saw that was confident enough to bring the ball up right? As one of the last defenders back dribble through one or two players and then release the ball when he's through midfield. Semedo. Besides Semedo, anybody like that was the last time. This is so awesome to <clears> have. <throat> like, a what a surprise! God, this is like Retos is already like candidate. I don't know whether it's like most improved player or whatever. Like he's he's kind of like for me the way Ba was when he had his breakout for us that one season. So this is so, awesome. But for for me, man, uh, I think this is an interesting question for all of us. For me, he's my MVP of the summer. But yeah. like, uh, oh yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think who the runner-up would be. But for me, it's it's clear as day. I think for me, he's our he's our summer MVP. There's two I names was up for runner-up. 
Who? What? There'd be two names I would have for runner-up. Do you Costas agree? Fortunis. Yeah, Do but I agree, agree 100%. Yeah. Retos would be mine as well. Amazing. Marshall? The MVP of the summer like is Retos by far for me. There's a way I don't recall I don't recall like for a central defender. I don't even recall something it did wrong and wrong includes the way uh, Freire uh, slipped sometimes. You remember the first game against Kukadici? Once he slipped, it's not yeah. a mistake, but it's something wrong. I can say that. And Retos it was always at the good play, the good, uh, good spot, good moment, good pace, no fold. Uh, I think he just got a yellow card, but yeah, it's. I just wonder uh, why did it, what did it change on his routine. Because there is no way he can be like that without probably changes in, in the way he trains, the way, I don't know, the way he eats, the way he sleeps. I don't know what is, what is to be, but probably change something. And also maybe this, the thing I would like to hear from him is how does it impact your performance when you play with the fear of getting injured or with the body, with the fear that your body uh, that can your body can broke at every moment. I know, like I guess, it's super difficult when you're a professional player, even more at Olympiacos when you know that uh, you don't have that much opportunities to play, and you keep getting injured every time. Man, you 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 have to play, being shaky, fearing for the body to to broke, and I don't maybe it will do an interview in one, two months, and it will be very interesting because I do believe he's a smart guy. I remember the summer when he said uh, the only thing he wanted to be, like, injury-free, and, yeah. It's basically the centre-back we, we, we are waiting for a long time. Like, he knows how to play with the ball. He's smart. He can score goals. Uh, he's quite fast. That's his uh, first goal for Olympiacos. Yeah, yeah. Today. I think he scored another <clears throat> goal against Hertha Berlin while he was at Leverkusen. I think that's his second career goal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and, and he almost got on the score sheet earlier in the game too from, from another corner, from Biel, from the other side. Yeah, and yeah. It was a really good save that, that, kept, uh, that kept him out. But um, I think you, you said this, Marshall, when we were texting earlier. He looks like a better version of the player that we sold actually. And it's funny, there is a sort of irony here. Like, could you imagine this is a player that we essentially bought back for free? Yeah. He's a loan with an option, 550K or something. And I, I feel like, you know, God willing, the kid, kid stays healthy and he stays injury free. I'm really happy for him. I think we all are. But this is a kid that can bring in a transfer fee that may even be higher than what we sold him for the first time. Could you imagine? Crazy. He's only 25. Like, isn't that weird? Like, it just feels like everything. It feels like he's been around through. for so long, but that's because <laughs> yeah. he broke through so young, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, we sold him. He was, what, 19, 18? Yeah, he was below 20. He wasn't 20. I mean, crazy. Imagine, like... What what a story too. I mean, those injuries, like I still remember right before we sold him to Bayer Leverkusen when 
he like collapsed on the field. Do you remember that? I, I think I remember somebody had said something like he had, he, I don't know if it was a seizure or what happened. He collapsed on the field and then he like swallowed his tongue. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, shit. That was a friendly, wasn't it? It was a friendly. And then before that, something weird had happened with him too. And I remember saying like, after we sold him, I was like, God, these were some weird injuries. You know what I mean? And then he goes to Bayer Leverkusen, has a couple of more. He has the really bad leg injury up there. You know, it, it, it then he went to never, Sheffield United. Then COVID right. happened, and no, he wasn't playing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I, <laughs> also I'm just happy the, he's healthy. On the center back, I would like to say I don't really believe we need one more because we uh, already have three center backs that, like, Retos. That Russos for me looks like a newcomer, and then you have Porroso, and then you have Freire. So basically, I, I trust the team in his whole, and I trust Gordon and uh, I trust Martinez to make those three players uh, up to the level. And the the fourth one, the fourth one is Endoy. I don't really want to see him play on a daily, on a regular basis as a centre back. But also, we need versatile players like him in the squad. Right. He's talking about Doyle. Yeah. Yeah, he's referring to Doyle. Yeah, sorry, sorry. And uh, it's kind of the same situation we had with uh, Vrusai earlier on the show. Uh, there's The thing I, I, need, I think we need to avoid at all costs this summer is only saying, like, we need one more winger, we need one more centre-back, we need one more centre-defender. Because at the end of it, that's how you get to uh, 40 players. The fourth centre-back to me, it's either Endoy switching between number six or centre-back, or it's either, I don't care, Bagalianis or uh, someone from the B team that is just there to make the number. Because last season, we had too many centre-backs. Just think about it. We, we started the preseason with Avram, uh, Manolas, Socrates, Ba, Cisse, and Retsos came. And if you change the pair too many times, there's there's no need for that. We Olympiakos, we play uh, three uh, 35 game in Greek Super League, uh, almost 10 in the Greek Cup, God knows who, who uh, in the Europa League. You don't need four center backs. No one needs that in Greece. You just need to really think who's going to be the fourth, the fourth player, the fourth player, because it's how you keep the team uh, together. And and Toy also is helpful with a sixth situation because I would like to see him more more than a six. I, I agree with you about Doy. <clears throat> I think we've talked about this before. Uh, this was a dilemma that we were discussing before the season really kicked off about, about Doe, he was, um, I think he was up there when we were voting for our, our, <coughs> our gate seven international awards for most improved player. And, you know, we were saying, I think we might see him more as a six moving into, moving into this season because he was playing as a center back out of necessity last season. I think it was more, more the case. I agree with everything yeah. you said about the fact that we can't keep 
we, we can't do what we did last season, changing the centre-back pairing. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen yeah, in modern football. Yeah, exactly. I can't think of any exactly. team that did what we did last season. No. It's like we asked the question consistently last season. You ask any Olympiacos fan, what's our best centre-back pairing last season? And everyone will give you a different answer. Um, the one thing <laughs> maybe where I disagree is that I think that centre-back, at centre-back, we're, we're not, we're not covered. Um, if Retos gets injured, I'm not confident. I'm not yeah, confident. Not. It happened against Chukaritsky in, in, in the first game. As soon as he came off, I felt nervous. It was 3-0, but I felt nerves. I thought, he's coming off. And then, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, let the <clears throat> earth swallow up Perozo for the, the missed header that he had in the first game. But um, Freira either, he doesn't inspire the greatest confidence. And no, this is a player that's here on loan with an option. I, I'm I'm not sure. Like we haven't been tested. That's my, that's the thing as well, right? Like okay, he had a, he had a good game against Genk at home. I was at that game. Uh, credit, like he made some really nice last last ditch, last ditch tackles. I think his positional awareness is quite good. But um, I think if there if there's a weakness on the pitch for me, it's it's at centre back. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there, Costa. Like, it, I would, I would feel because I don't, I'm not comfortable with Freire as it is. Like, I, there were issues I had with during the scouting report that I worried about, and I hope that maybe that would be something that would work itself out. Maybe with the 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 mat the the matchups, the pair ups, Martinez's system, and they haven't. And I'm I'm not comfortable with him as a day in day out starter. M you know, maybe when Borozo, if he starts taking a, a starting role if he starts you know we'll say maturing but that's a long-term thing i'm not comfortable i'm not comfortable with doy there the only person i'm comfortable with is retzos that's it as it stands Freire, not comfortable borozo we'll see what happens but again until until that maturation happens i'm not going to be comfortable with him there and i for sure am not comfortable with doy there so if it were me i at the very least would want to have one more option for Europe. I understand why maybe we shouldn't sign another and, but it's, I, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not confident. I'm not overly confident, confident with Freire at this point though, it is what it is. And I'd rather not just haphazardly buy a center back. Like if we haven't found it already, I, I, that's fine. I'm, I'd rather just, see with what we have and continue to play that way. And then I'd rather promote Bagalianis at this point than, than anything else. But I'm with you like center back. It's Retzos for me, but then I'm not confident with number two. Like I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've some of the comments talking about Freire playing as much as he's played. I'm not, I'm not confident. I'm not confident in him. I wasn't super confident in the scouting report either. So that's really the one position. And then that wing also where like, you know, or sorry, uh, striker where I would like to see, you know, something else happen, but that's just me. But what's interesting, it's like, it's almost philosophy because, uh, what I, I do share the same feelings as you. And it reminds me of last season. Like I was, I wasn't confident on so many players and we keep, keep bringing players because supposedly 
when you're not confident about someone, you know the club is will fix that with bringing someone else. And for this centre back position, like I wouldn't be against someone, but who, if you bring a, a top centre back, so it means Porroso and Freire, they won't play for the majority of the season. And it assumes Rezos and this guy will be the new pair. And like, I think I'm, I'm getting more attached to those uh, logical and probably human consideration in the way uh, Cordon and Martinez want the, this team to, uh, to, uh, to, to be, to evolve. And maybe it's the path towards uh, more success, I would say that. But it, there is no guarantee because, as Costa said, if one of them gets injured, then you have to, to have someone. But I just want to avoid what, what we did last season. Like, even if Freire needs 15 games to be shit, well, I would give them. I would give him fifteen games to be shit because uh, you just can't take a player off after three games. Then putting some a newcomer. I think we we've done that and we won't do that again. And as you said, uh, Ari, I I don't I didn't see any links for centre back. So maybe it means the club considers it's basically over. But the, the, my only regret is that we loaned Carlo Giropoulos. Should have been those these four centre back. If you don't take the risk now, yeah. Four centre back in any club in, in Europe has to be a young guy. If you if you just take a look, the three before him as <clears throat> are talented players, and the, the fourth one is always the young one. I think he I think he also just wanted to play though. Yeah, even yeah, if he's he, he, even if he's young, he's 18, 19. He's so young, uh, and his contract was up, right? And he didn't renew for a very long time. His his contract expired on the thirteenth of June, and we only just found out that he renewed a contract a few days ago before they loaned him out to Volos. And by the way, we were also learning that Gitos is effectively a loan, yeah, to um to Volos as well. By the way. So anyway, we've we've gone in and around that discussion about centre back. I know that it was raised by a few people in the chat as well. Um, in the meantime, the MVP man of the match discussion is still. There's the vote still going on on the YouTube channel. Thirty five percent of you voted Diretos. Thirty six percent Pet Biel. It's neck and neck. Twenty four percent for Versailles. If you haven't voted yet, the vote is still open. Uh, shameless plug <laughs> as well. Once again, guys, if you haven't hit the like button, make sure to smash it while you're here with us live. It helps to disseminate the channel to other fans around the world. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. More deep dives coming, more scout reports from a man like Ari. Olaso back in, in tomorrow. Some of you asking us uh, about the player. Is it our first Norwegian? One of you asks. No, it's not. Uh, Omar El Abdelawi. Yeah. Technically a Norwegian player, but I think born, born in Norway. So, so yeah, it's not our first Norwegian player. Uh, Olaso back and will be in Greece tomorrow for those of you joining late. That is confirmed bit of news 
where else do we got guys we can check uh, out the groups we can check out the pots we, if you want but Ari you got something else no uh I, I've been seeing a lot of comments about the left back situation Ortega and Richards um oh, Richards has been injured almost like his entire time with uh with Nottingham Forest he's coming to us and we have it on very good authority that he came to us injured also and he's probably has a little bit of recovering to do before he'll be fully fit. But um, or, Ortega's healthy. He's only been in Greece for a few days. That's why he didn't play today. But Who? I, I, Ortega, Francisco Ortega. He wasn't He wasn't on the list. No, I know, but I, I'm saying in general, like, he, he's just arrived. So, like, I, were you expecting I him to play today? I expect him to play on Sunday. Yeah, that, that's the same with me. Yeah. So, like, I'm not sure I understand. Anyway, the if, if he if he doesn't play Sunday, I'd be a little bit surprised. But I'm not surprised he didn't play today. Um, anyway, I just saw that there were people. There's yeah. quite a few comments about this situation. So, anyway. Also, Paul Awoku is heading toward Lyon. The, the guy we heard of for the Betis. number six position. Yeah, the Betis guy. He's going to Lyon. Yeah, he's getting close to Lyon. So Madi Camara's out the equation for Lyon then. Oh. Yeah, it looks so. No, because Blanc wanted a, a pure, pure, pure number six, not a number eight like Madi. Yeah, that that was that was a bit strange. I was reading uh, reading on socials the a lot of French fans and media were saying that they want a six, but Maddie doesn't really fit that mold. No. no he won an old school number six that basically just can't, can run and cuts tackle. the play up. Yeah, exactly. Short passes. It's a very old school player. Yeah. Also, do, do we have a hint about under 19 team? Uh, signings because we have to play the youth league this season, and I was wondering if we, we could get like players to strengthen that a little bit, like maybe Costulas will play it, right? Costulas and Musakidis will play, yeah. It will be a very big change for the club. I, I keep saying that since months now, but people don't realize how good it is for a club to play the youth league. It's basically. Way better than playing Super League Two, Super League Two football. So maybe the the fourth centre back can come from that team in the future. Hopefully, we have some left back, some full back, you say, because we we don't produce any any left any full backs, I guess. No, from our I mean, youth team, Timikas, yeah. Timikas, and then. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was I was about to Sorry, say one, but he yeah. came from Xanthi, technically. Ceres. Ceres? Yeah. Oh, no. I was, at first, I was thinking of Torosidis, but he came from Xanthi. Bravo. That That's right. What about Likoyani? Where did he come from? Uh, Likoyani's was an academy product. He was academy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And then I guess trying to <clears throat> who else? But not recently, anyway. Like no, pure. So like, is the me is the miss. It's the miss yeah. by summer. He's also so actually we have produced quite a few fullbacks. Just a lot of them didn't play. 
didn't play yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but it's okay. We have uh, we have Labrador's favorite player. <laughs> He's getting matching head tattoos with Ramon. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, we're we're about well over an hour actually uh, into the show. Do you want to do man of the match coaches grades for for the <laughs> game today? Do you want to weigh in on that? The vote is still ongoing, and Retos has taken over now. Retos has taken that. over now. Thirty-eight percent of the vote. It's it's constantly changing. So, guys, if you haven't voted, like, you've got to weigh in on this. It's neck and neck between Retos and Biel for man of the match tonight against Chukaritsky. Make sure you vote live on our YouTube channel. Yeah, I just want let's to let to add something before. Yeah, just to thank. Uh, Buchalakis, and also just it's just personal, but I would thank also Usain Uba, even if he it did not end well for him at the club. But let's not forget he came straight for one of the shittiest League Two team in France. And I will oh I will always remember the CB pair he was able he produced with CC at first, and especially that night in Arsenal. And I just wish all of them like. Buchalakis and and uh, and Ba the, the best of luck for the future because uh, let's not forget there is an option on Ba's loan so I hope it will be activated but he needed both needed to leave and it's good to see the players living on at least interesting projects so I hope they will make it and maybe it will open more ways for other players especially in Turkey maybe. Because it's the league in which you, you can send a lot of players from Olympiacos. Amen. I wish them both the best. I think it was it was time to go. <clears throat> exactly. Time to go for both of them. Bar in particular, yeah. there was no way. There's no way back for those players. No. And I think Bukhalagis had a poor preseason. Uh, I think there was a lot of pressure on him as well. To be fair. And just you, you could see from the friendlies that he wasn't he wasn't going to play. Yeah. This is a manager that puts so much <laughs> emphasis on accuracy and possession, possession. Don't you know? Don't misplace your passes. And I saw too much of that, even in the friendlies, uh, where the legs are heavy and you know they they run a lot in preseason. But it just wasn't. I don't think it was ever going to be at the level. That, that Martinez wanted. And I think it was already, I think in his head, maybe he was already gone as well. Let, let's, let's be honest, like last season was brutal. Yeah. And to come back from that, it takes a lot mentally. And I think it weighed a lot on the Greek players, more so, more so on the Greek players. And, you know, I think for Bukhalagis, when when things were good and he was playing well, Nobody really gave him praise. And then when everything, you know, when things were bad, he was always the easy target. I think that his season um, where we got to, where we got to the, the last 16 of the Europa League, I thought he was really, really good. I won't say brilliant, but I think he, was, he had a really good season. Uh, he was a key cog in the team. And and even the season after that, where he scored that cheeky goal against Aris that we'll never forget. Um, yeah, but you know it's good. It's good for him. Good for it, him to it, move on. I think it's win-win. 
I, I agree uh, with you there. I, I used to get trolled by people when I would put stats up of Pukalaki's <laughs> leading in different categories, smart passes per 90, uh, final third entries, uh, balls into attacking areas. And everyone everyone used to, no, it's impossible because it's Pukalaki's. Yeah. Like, you know, I wish him the best. Um, he was definitely, in my opinion, like probably the most, I don't want to say hated player, but maybe the most mistreated player on the roster. I mean, in the stadium, didn't matter what was going on, what he was doing. He got booed every time he would touch the ball. I mean, it was that. Come yeah, on, like, I remember it's ridiculous, that. ridiculous, ridiculous last stuff. Summer, like, even if it went downhill, you know. Last what I mean? summer against Pasianina, you were there, and it was yeah. Every time he touched the ball, and I was like, okay, guys, like let's relax. You know, the it's not like he was messing up every time with the ball, but because people already were like done with him. He was constantly, constantly booed all the time. It was, it was awful to watch. But in preseason, Costa, you were 100% right. He's too slow for the system. And that was what people <laughs> hated, how long sometimes he would hold the ball. And, and that's it. Like, you know, you guys see how possession is now. I, I bring up match tempo. You guys are going to get annoyed at how much I bring it up. Like, look how quickly it's, it's one, two touch. That's it. Max, like, look at how we move the ball now. Have have you guys ever seen so many sequences of one touch play, pass and move on this team in the last three years? No, I haven't. Not since uh, the second season of of Pedro Martins, and even yeah. then, I mean, the, the it's different. It's and Bukalakis, unfortunately, that's not his strong suit, and you saw that in preseason. But best of luck, buddy. You know, ten years of Bukalakis, isn't that nuts? 10 years he came yeah. from ergotelli 10 years ago yeah it's also the end of the that ergotelli olympiacos old link we had in the yeah. past crazy crazy it's crazy too bad but it's nice to see player improve with the club you know that's uh, the, the thing i wanted to highlight both for buhalakis even more for buhalakis than, than bar but all of them like they improved with the club Yep. And it's, it's something we should be like not proud of, but at least happy about it. It's but we it, it ended too late, unfortunately, for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's do this. Who's going first? Man of the match, coach's grade. Let's do this in alphabetical order. Oh, so I guess that's me first. That's you first. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm going, my man of the match is Pep Biel. Uh, Pep Biel for me, uh, it was a great game from him. Would be hilarious if it's the last game, which is why he maybe why he played so well. But uh, I thought he looked great. He probably could have had a couple more goals. Um, he ends up with an assist and a goal and great production from him. Happy to see him playing well. Um, you know, and assuming he stays, Let's hope it continues. Likewise with Masuras. My runner-up is going to, you know, my runner-ups, I should say, will be um, uh, the likes of Masuras as well. Um, Retos, of course, uh, another great game from him. And Kuch is great. A for me. 3 nothing win. What, what, else, what else can you say? So BL and A for me for Coach is great. Okay, that's boring because I'm going to say exactly the same thing. <laughs> uh, I think it's um, it's 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 a tight one as it is as it is he here even in the um, 
in in the live man of the match vote. It's neck and neck. It's thirty seven percent. Alexos thirty seven percent. Biel um, fans can't they can't decide between the two. But no, for me it's Biel because. I think today was his most complete performance in an Olympiacos jersey. In a sense that you, you get frustrated with Pep a lot in the games. And I think it's something that we've talked about before. Again, you you know that the talent's there because you've seen it in what he's done at Copenhagen. And I think that, frankly, at Olympiacos, he hasn't been able to reproduce even half of what he's done in Copenhagen the time that he was there. But in the last few games and and culminating in today's match, I thought we saw the kind of player that made a name for himself in Denmark. The kind of player that has that sweet... How many times today did he turn on the ball and leave their players for dead? How many times did he do that today? Where he just flicked it off his left foot and he changed direction. He was off. He was driving at the defender. On it, as soon as he gets the ball on his left foot, things can happen. And that's the kind of player that he was on the pitch today. He got a goal, I agree. Could have got another one. Could have got a hat-trick, maybe, if he was a bit more careful. It was funny, um, Masuras' goal, apparently, uh, Martinez shouted at him. He's like, why didn't you shoot like, when the ball was on his left foot before it went off to Masuras? And that's why he ran over to the manager afterwards. Because it was a, it was a similar action. I was saying Ari earlier. The first goal was a was a forward pass, progressive pass from Brusai into mm-hmm. into Pep, and Pep, you know, he, the ball kind of gets off to Masuras. It's the same for the second goal. Brusai to Biel, Biel onto the left foot. This time he shoots and he scores. So um, it's not just the goals today, though. Not just the goals. Everything that he did today was um, was positive. I don't know if he's going to stay. I don't know if he'll leave. Um, it's going to be interesting, and I, I, I like, I like his positioning too on the pitch. It is different with this with this system now, where the three players behind the striker they constantly move. Though let's 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 be honest, we are seeing that four two 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 formation happening in practice in a sense that Masuras is playing very far forward. Uh, behind or next to the striker and um, we're even seeing a lot of those those inverted runs from the fullbacks as well while yeah. the you know Fortunis and and Biel they they stretch the pitch when when the wingers cut inside instead of overlapping I those are some interesting things that we're seeing but now I'm I'm talking too much now I'm talking more about the manager actually like what we're seeing from the, from the manager we see new things every game I think we're starting to see combinations um, and automatismos, as we say in Greek. So, yeah, Martinez gets an A for me tonight as well. And maybe if I can give him give a grade, like for the summer, I think he has to get like an A again. If it is, um, even if we we had the luck that we needed against Genk, as I said earlier in 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 the pod uh, today. So I'll stop there. I, I kind of agree with both of you. Uh, <clears throat> even on PBL, even if I'm not a big fan of PBL, but I have to say it was obvious, for example, that it wasn't possible for the team to have PBL and Fortunis and Zikernagel. One of the three had to leave. 
and probably the, the best move was made on that. Uh, I, I, I don't see really... It's, I was wondering during the game if uh, Fortunis and Biel can share the, that role during the whole season because we all know that he goes, uh, can <clears throat> mix things up. But I was happy to see Biel like that because he's the kind of player... If I'm frustrated because he could be hand, he could be handing probably every game with one goal at least. Even <clears throat> on Sunday he had like two situations to had a brace, did not score them. Uh, man of the match would have to be BL for me. I would give a kudos to uh, Masuras too because it's always nice to have to have him on the score sheet. He needs confidence, and it comes back to what we said about Buhalakis. The amount of uh, shit Masuras eats is insane. He deserves critics. He probably deserves critics more than a lot of players because he plays a lot. But sometimes it's not critics, and he's probably one of the most nicest guy we have in the locker room. Probably I don't know. I don't know him, so maybe I'm I'm wrong. But it's the kind of player you, you, you want to have in the team or at least in the squad. So it's nice to have him score goals during the summer. And for the coach grade, I would not give him a hey because probably I would have tried to give Alga Simba some minutes because you don't have nothing to lose. Uh, and maybe it's nice to involve uh, the huge majority of the squad, like the, as much as, as you can, as much players as you can. And that's the only thing that does not give him a, a A. Otherwise, he has an A for the whole summer, as you said. He did the job, and more than uh, more than that, so I'm I'm happy. Very good. <laughs> okay. Well, um, drawing to a close, and there's a comment from a friend Christos in Philadelphia. It's a big win today. I'm excited for the draw tomorrow to see our opponents for the next European journey. So before we before we close, let's have a look at this. So we've put it on a slide actually. Again, if you're if you're on YouTube, you can see now on the screen the the uh, the different pots for the Europa League. If you're not on YouTube, get your ass on YouTube like and subscribe and we can we can go through go through the pots now so olibiagos are in the second pot together with sporting from portugal slavia prague stad ren rail betis lask from austria marseille and karabag so we avoid all those teams to be clear and then we have in pot one we west ham Fucking long trip to Karabag. Yep. <laughs> we have in pot one West Ham, Liverpool, <clears throat> AS Roma, Ajax, Villarreal, <clears throat> Leverkusen, Atalanta, and Rangers from Scotland, who we faced this summer uh, in one of the friendlies. Pot three Molde from Norway, Brighton from England, Sheriff Tiraspol from Moldova. Union Saint-Gilles, Belgium, Freiburg, Germany, Sparta, Prague, Czech Republic, Maccabi Haifa from Israel and Sturm Graz from Austria. And in pot four, Toulouse from France, 
Ayek and Panathinaikos, who we can't be drawn with. Aberdeen, in the end, did they get knocked out? Uh, yes, they did. They did. They got knocked out. It's Aken. It's Aken instead of them. From so that's Aken from Sweden, and you have Servet, Rakov from Poland, and mm-hmm. Aris Limassol from Pot Four. Guys, should we do a quick? Uh, who would we like to see in our group, and who do we think we'll get? Oh, <laughs> what I know. Are, what who are, we're what are your get. thoughts here? I know who we're going to get. Our group is going to be Maccabi uh, Haifa. It's, it's going to be Liverpool. Then we're going to get. Then we're going to get um, uh, Molda, and then we're going to get after that Servet. I'd, I'd, I'd take that group. <laughs> I would take that. I yeah, know. I would take I would take a probably a big team in pot one because in the Europa League group stage it's probably the the time like Liverpool probably I'm not sure they will give it like 100 percent to the competition in group stage they will get it get out the group and then they will start to play it like 100 uh, percent but for example like if you play uh, I don't know it's even Ajax, even Ajax is beatable. It's not prime Ajax anymore. That's true. The only true. team I want to avoid has to be Brighton. Yes. Yeah. Probably yes. the so is probably the better the the better team in terms of playing style of that Europa League in its whole. And yeah, I want to avoid a, a League One team because. What scares me with League One team, we saw that last year with Nantes, is that the intensity of the French League, like, can, I don't know how to say that, but for example, to lose, you don't remember a lot of players from the team, you don't know a lot of players, but they have that intensity on back to back to back games in France that makes them like very uh, dangerous to play. Marshall, to... weren't they relegated a few seasons ago? Yeah, yeah, they were. They were in League Two. They got promoted and won the cup last season with cup, with uh, Suazo, you know, the former left back. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the captain now. It's one of the captain. Yeah, but if we can avoid uh, teams from a big league, like I would rather go for for Rangers. Of course, it's obvious, but. Teams like Molde, Sparta Prague, uh, Sheriff, Haifa, you know, lower leagues because they have quality, but they don't have the intensity of the league to cover it, like to progress. I don't know if it makes sense what I'm saying. Yeah. Plus, Haifa doesn't have that coach anymore. So I'd love yeah. to spank him and get him back for, uh, <clears throat> yeah. you know, last Rako, to, uh, Rako is a super difficult team to play. They have a very good coach, and they have been on the rise since few in in the past few years. Was the mighty Stratos Varnas in defense? <laughs> it would be cool to see Timikas come back to the Karaskaki. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah because he could, he could play those games. Like club probably would rotate a little bit. Yeah. So maybe. Who knows? Yeah. To be honest with you, looking at that. My ideal group for me, I wouldn't mind Ajax because it's not too far from where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, selfish reasons and Rangers, why not? 
from pot one. And then pot three, yeah, de I de <laughs> can't agree with you more, Marshall. Anything, just please not Brighton. Not please Brighton. not Brighton. Um, I would take, I don't know. I, I, I would like to play Haifa. I would like to play Haifa and give them a good spanking. Even a union, I would try to avoid that. Yeah, I you see, I, I live in Brussels and I don't want to play Union. I the you know from our experience in Europa League, you need to avoid two things. It's clubs on the rise, like Union, yeah. coming back to European football after after a very good run in the last years. And yeah. you want to avoid big league teams because they have money and they have the level of the league to make to, to make that physical gap we faced last summer. So I would rather let, yeah. To lose, it's the pot, what's the pot 14 to avoid for me. Yeah. Like Bacatopola, yeah, you we, know it's... We don't, we don't, we don't fare well against French teams. Exactly. Historically, we don't fare well. Uh, okay. We don't <laughs> fare the, well against German teams. With, with the exception of Marseille, Marshall. So. Yeah, with the exception of Marseille, yeah. we haven't done well against them. But German teams, what German teams have we gone out in, in like recent history and done well? Freiburg has beaten us. You know what I mean? Like the we haven't done well against German teams either. In German recent teams, history, not really, no. Yeah, Frankfurt. I mean, they weren't that good, but we couldn't do anything against them either. Yeah, Dimos, Dimos is saying Olympiacos Leverkusen. That was years ago, mate. I mean, yeah, Werder that Bremen, was. Come on, man. Werder Bremen was 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 after that. That was um, how many the, how many years ago was that? Leverkusen was uh, early two thousands. I want. Yeah, say. I was about to say it's almost twenty years. Like we're talking yeah. like in let's let, let's keep things to the realm of when Marinakis took over. What German club have we done anything against? Dortmund. Dortmund okay, at home. That's right. That's right. That's right. That was 2011, yeah. wasn't it? Or 2012? I think 2011. 2012, yeah. 2011 or 2012, yeah. Yeah, one of those. But still, okay. Well, now we're talking like over a decade ago since we since we did anything to a German club. So anyway, the yeah, I don't I don't like playing against German teams. Um, I've never liked playing against German teams. For us, I used to be. I don't know. It's weird. I used to be afraid of Spanish clubs, but I feel like we've been more likely to have a result against them, but I don't know. I that Brighton team though is my no, god. Stay it's away. Something else. Something else entirely. Stay very far away from that team. And then maybe pot four. I'll take Addis Limassol, trip to Cyprus. Yeah. Cyprus champion. They put the beating on somebody today. I forgot who they were playing against, but Slovan Bratislava. Anyway, when you play in Europe, you have to show up. Yep. You have to show up for every game. So whoever it is, um, there's time. I think the first game is after the 22nd of September. Mm -hmm. So there's time still um, for the team to continue gelling, continue building confidence. We have the game against Lamia on the weekend. And then I think there's a there's a break, isn't there? Yep, there's yeah. an international break for two weeks, and then we play Ike. First real test of the year. Voila. I think we can... Maybe it's time to call it a night now. It's past midnight, Central yeah. European time. 
And for Marshall, it's a little bit later because you're in Greece. Exactly. Oh, that's a, I forgot about that. Oh my goodness. No, it's okay. Let do you want to do you want to wrap us up, Ari? Sure thing. Boys and girls, thank you everyone for tuning in. This is Gate Seven International by the fans for the fans. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. I dropped earlier. We have our first uh, Patreon exclusive interview uh, outside of the realm of Olympiacos. We're going to be interviewing the former president of Huracan. His name is Alejandro Nador, and he is a really nice guy. We're excited for that interview. It will be in Spanish because the guy doesn't speak English, and then we will translate uh, into English and Greek, so on and so forth. So it's a really fun interview. Uh, join Patreon. Uh, visit the link. It's in our description in the comments, uh, or not in the comments, sorry, in the description of the video. Uh, if you are an expanded content here, you'll have access to that content. Uh, I will be doing an a, enhanced analysis um, for this match. So that'll come up on Patreon as well. And then don't forget, of course, we have the scouting reports that you get early access to. So a lot of fun stuff coming up, a lot of great content. And until then, until Sunday, which is the game against La Mia, uh, that'll be the next time we see you all. So thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. And we will see you all on Sunday. Oh, 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 oh,